Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Well, get your Bibles ready. You might want to get your device ready. I'm going to cover probably a hundred scriptures this morning with very little commentary. So if you're new to the Bible, um, I encourage you, I encourage you all, I'm going to do this for myself as well. Uh, I encourage you to write these down and maybe look at them again this week. And then maybe for the rest of the year, build your own, work your own verses in as the Holy Spirit leads you. Um, As Matt prayed, and I think we all know, 23 is not going to become easier um, it, it's just going to become more and more vile. I'm seeing it on a regular basis, and it doesn't depress me. It does. It grieves me. It saddens me, but yet I know that Jesus is coming back. And the more you stay in the Word of God, um, the less it's going to cause anxiety, frustration, anger, uh, depression, because your eyes, even as we sang this morning, you're going to be lifted to heaven, and you're going to know, I, I'm just going to heaven. You know what? This is not my home. So we want to make sure we keep the proper perspective in 23. So with all the things that are happening, let's just go ahead and pray and then have a device, uh, your your pen maybe and pad and paper uh, to write down these scriptures and then please add to them, build onto them this year and go over them on a regular basis and spending hours watching the news, uh, spend a half hour going over the verses that that I'm giving and that you're going to give yourself, the Holy Spirit is going to give to you, you'll be way, way more encouraged. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, even as we sung. We stand upon the word of God. There's nothing else. that is The word of God is going into eternity. So Father, we thank you and praise you that you have given us this sure foundation. Although all things around us may crumble, we stand upon the rock. And we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, I pray for the gift of teaching as we go over these verses. Um, expand the time that we can cover these verses. Uh, if it's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, when I was growing up, there was a phrase that I heard decades ago, and it goes something like this. Don't be so heavenly-minded that you're of no earthly good. Something like that. You may have heard that. You may not have heard that. For the Bible-believing Christian, I think the phrase should actually say something like this. Don't be so earthly-minded that you're of no heavenly good. We can get so distracted via media with what's happening in our world that we forget we're ambassadors for Christ, as we're going to see. And that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. This week, coming up, God has a plan. There's six, eight, ten people around us that is our sphere of influence, family members, coworkers, neighbors, whatever it might be. There's going to be people that we pass in the grocery store. There's going to be people that might have a need that we're going to drive by. And if we're open to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will maybe give us something, have us to do something that we wouldn't normally do. But you want to be open to the Holy Spirit, and it's not dangerous. Don't put yourself in danger. Be wise, but be available for the Lord. I think we see this type of action with those who believe in conspiracy theories as we leave that up there. Don't be so earthly-minded. You know, the devil's behind every bush. No, the devil is a fallen angel. He is a created being by God. He can only be in one place at one time. Everything is not demonically activated or motivated. It's a thing called the curse and it's a thing called life. 
So be careful that you don't get caught up into something like that. They plan on hiding out while the world falls apart. That's not our call as believers. We're not to hide the gospel. We're to be out there because people are dying and going to hell. Another type of action is that if we only put the right people in office, we'll become a better country. You see, in the days we're living in, we need to understand the truth that Jesus is coming back. And that these days were prophesied by Jesus himself almost 2,000 years ago. Let's look at Luke chapter 17. So get ready because we're going to be flying here. Because I got a lot of verses. Luke 17, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. I personally believe that this is the rapture. Not the second coming, but the rapture of the church. Or what's called in the Bible, the last days prior to the great tribulation. So what's going to happen right prior to the Lord's return? They ate, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Now, that doesn't sound so bad. It's talking about marriage there. But I'm not a Greek scholar. You can get the books. You can look this up yourself. The word given there is continuous repetitious action. Continuous repetitious action. So if you've gone through a divorce, there's no guilt or condemnation here. But what is is being inferred here, there's going to be marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce. Which does what? It desanctifies the symbolism of marriage. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. So one thing that we're going to see that's going to be predominant is that marriage is going to become desanctified. Desanctified. It's irrelevant. Uh, We get a tax write-off. We're going to do it because we have certain benefits that we get. That's why we're going to do that. Likewise, here's another thing. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, interesting, the New Testament calls Lot righteous Lot. (laughs) Don't ask me. It's God's deal, not mine. But Lot was righteous in the eyes of God. And Lot took, and God took Lot out of the wrath of God, not the wrath of man, but the wrath of God, before the wrath of God came down upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, guys, this is a guaranteed promise. This is Jesus speaking, not not your pastor, not a pastor. This is Jesus speaking. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now again, if you're new to the Word of God or if you're right away thinking, well, you know, my great-grandmother used to say that, my grandmother said it, my mother said it. Well, you want to remember, Israel is now a nation, 1948. Jerusalem is a part of Israel, is the capital of Israel, and that took place in 1967. Those were two unique things that had to happen before the prophetic time clock started to tick. I personally believe it's from 67. You do your own study. So that's what's unique about, you know, the earthquakes and the tornadoes and the hurricanes and all those things that we've had over, our, our, you know, over the millennium. Yes, we've had them. But now the birth pains are getting closer and closer and closer together. Israel the nation, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Boom. Jesus said, this generation shall not pass. He didn't say that all that generation is going to die. He's just saying whoever's alive in this generation, that generation is not going to pass until I come back. 
So Luke 21, 28 says this. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. And that's kind of the focal point that I'm going to be looking at now with all these verses. We're just going to go verse, 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 verse. Very little commentary. What are we to do in 2023? I mean, what are they going to say next? What are we to do? Just keep looking up. Just keep looking up. That's what Jesus has said right there in Luke 21, 28. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. 2 Timothy 3, 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So don't be surprised in 23, as you live biblically, that some people might be upset at you, that some people might mock you or ridicule you and all of a sudden you're going, oh, ooh, should I take this stance? I don't know if I should take this stand. I'm going to lose a family member. Take the stand. Take the stand for Christ. John 15, 20 says, Jesus speaking, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will. Notice the guaranteed promise there. Isn't that a wonderful Bible promise? Won't find this in too many promise books. They will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Jude 1. Very quickly, Jude 1. Beloved, while I was diligent, very diligent to write to you. Again, now if you're new or visiting or if you're not familiar with your Bible, I encourage you to get a Bible so when they turn your phone off, you can still have something to read. And uh, track along, so it's the very last, right before Revelation. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning your common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith 2023 we need to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting, interesting. As we see, and I read an article this week, um, several articles this week about Christians that are living the homosexual lifestyle, but they say that they are Christians. Okay, if you are a Christian, you need to repent of that lifestyle. There's a lot of lifestyles that people need to repent of. And so do we now accept it because it's on commercials? It's sickening what's going on with commercials. We've got to tell our kids, you need to leave the room at commercials because we don't have the technology. Maybe I'm just not techie, but we don't have the technology. So the commercials are sick. Right in your face. 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. Not your salvation. Salvation's off the table. But you and I as believers need to remain steadfast that we know the truth. We're going to stand in the truth in love, being led away with the error of the wicked. What did we just read about? Men coming into the church. And this, is come, this has come into the church in America. And it's leading people astray. 
but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, how many of you in this room are believers this morning? Raise your high hand real high if you're a believer this morning. Okay, now look around. I know sometimes that can be uncomfortable, but just look around. Okay, guys, out in the workplace, if you said that in your workplace, probably nobody would raise their hand. So you gotta remember, in 23, there is a great cloud of witnesses. And they might not be in your workplace, but they're in your life. And we need to become more and more a part of each other's lives because it is going to become harder and harder and harder to take that stand. As we've seen people lose their jobs over the last 10 years over various things, including social media, where they've said what they believe is true and they've been lost, they've been fired for what they said on their own social media. 20 years ago, somebody would say, oh, that'll never happen. Don't say that. It's already happened. It's already happening and it will continue to happen even more so. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What's the race? Against each other? No, no, no. My race is my race. Your race is your race. What does God have for you to do? It's not a, it's not a hundred yard dash. It's a lifelong race. God, what are you asking me to do? It's just the analogy of a race. Don't take it literally. But use that analogy. God, I, I have to train. I have to be available. I have to keep walking day by day by day. What do you have for me? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The government is not the author nor the finisher of our faith, guys. Your family members are not the author or finisher of your faith. Jesus is who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. What are we going to have to do in 23? We're going to have to endure being called Christians. They've already been saying it for several years now, but it's going to intensify, especially if you really believe in the Constitution. You're going to be called a Christian nationalist, and that's not a praise, according to the state-run media. That's not a pat on the back. Hey, way to go. That means you're an extremist and you need to be watched very carefully. You are an extremist. Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners. So should we be surprised if somebody gets hostile towards us? Don't be surprised. Be wise. Speak the truth in love. Don't try to get into a confrontation with somebody. You know, if you need to just zip it, just zip it. Walk away. Don't throw your pearls before swine. Just plant, water, fertilize, walk away. Don't try to win an argument. It's pointless. Against himself, lest you become weary. Notice this at the end of verse 3 there. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Do you guys know anybody over the last two years who is a believer and who is weary and discouraged in their soul. So discouraged that they don't even come to church anymore. That they're living in fear of the next flu bug. This is reality, unfortunately. And so as we read the scriptures this morning, I picked all these scriptures up so that you and I could be encouraged to know 
This is not the first time. This is over 2,000 years ago, or close to 2,000 years ago these scriptures were written, guys. So this is not new. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice in 2023. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Notice I have it underlined there. The world is trying to press us into its mold. And it's going to use anything and everything to do that. Family members, work, finances, health, whatever it takes, the enemy is going to try to use to get you and I as believers to conform to what the world says now is right. Which, guys, if you really think about it, the whole world is not saying this. You know, this stuff is not going on in China. Now, I'm not endorsing China, so don't come out and talk to me. I'm just saying, you know, there's such a thing as science and reality. This nonsense is not taking place in China. They know what a male is, and they know what a female is. They're not having these issues in Russia. The Muslim community is not having these issues. If you look at the world as a whole, where is it happening predominantly? In America. Why? Because we were built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Argue it all you want. The facts are there. And the enemy wants to destroy America because we still print Bibles. We still support missionaries. We still send the word of God around the world. We are a part of the problem for the Antichrist. So that's why it's coming so hard and heavy into our lives. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Guys, for you and I, we need to prove what is right and wrong. There is still a right and wrong. What are we to do? Just keep looking up. Why? Because John 17 says this, Jesus speaking, I have given them your word. Guys, this is the most important thing. This is the most important thing that we have for all of eternity. If you're hoping in your retirement package, I just saw an article yesterday, the stock market had the worst year ever since 08. Worst year since 08. Oh, everything's going to get better. Ah, yeah, just blow all these articles off. They're not true. They're true. So if you're hoping in your 401k or your retirement package or whatever it might be, your savings account, don't be surprised if the government comes in and says, you know what, you're a Christian nationalist. I think we need to lock your account and confiscate your goods. Oh, that'll never happen. Yeah, I keep saying it. Because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This guy's this is why we want to keep looking up. We're not of this world. We're passing through this world. I'm enjoying it. I love it. I have plans for 23 of things to do. But I'm not clinging to this world because it's all going to burn anyways. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. So we shouldn't be looking at escaping, but rather how can we take somebody to heaven with us? But that you should keep them from the evil one. Notice the Lord's prayer. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. This is for you and me in 23 to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So that might be a question for you in 23. Have you literally confessed 
that you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Coming to this church, yes, you're a Christian, great. Have you confessed it to anybody? I'm not being weird. I'm just saying, have you acknowledged, have you confessed to somebody, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever God would have me to do. I love Jesus. How about you? Can I pray for you? I would encourage you this year to, as you come and gather, maybe start asking people, hey, can I pray for you? You know, it's going to be really uncomfortable initially, but after two, three, four months, if we all did that and maybe made a little note, I'm not saying go around to everybody, not be weird about it, but just ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, show me one person that I can maybe ask if they need prayer this week. You know, after three or four months, it would not feel awkward anymore, but you would all of a sudden be, look, God. I know you've got somebody. Oh, it's been going so cool. God, I know you've got somebody. Show me who it is. I want to pray for somebody. You're going to have a, going to have a, a mentality change. It's kind of like this morning. We started in Genesis 1. I was excited about starting in Genesis 1 and Matthew chapter 1. Are you excited about the word of God? You should be. I get to go through the Old Testament once. This is illegal in Saudi Arabia. I get to freely read the Bible anywhere I want. The Old Testament once this year, the New Testament, I'm going to have the privilege of reading it twice. Do you see it as a privilege or an obligation, a duty, a debt? Oh, here he goes again. I've got to read my Bible. No, you don't have to read your Bible. You're going to heaven as a believer. You don't want to know more about God? Don't know more about God. But you're going to be pressed this year. And if you're not in the Word of God, Romans 12, 17 Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for, the good, for good things in the sight of all men. The word men there is mankind. And, and as I shared last week, our natural, our fleshly intent is to sometimes automatically think of revenge. What can I do? So you've got to debug the program. You've got to pray. If it is possible, I love the scriptures. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Again, mankind. You know, there's some people you just can't live peaceably with. They just, they're just looking to start an argument. No matter how much you love them, they're just like, I hate you and I'm going to let you know I hate you. Pray for them at a distance. Set up healthy boundaries. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. How about Proverbs chapter 4? Proverbs chapter 4. And if you're not familiar with your Bible or if you're new to Christianity or maybe you're old to Christianity, you're going, wow, he's reading so many scriptures. What's his problem? I don't know. The word of God. Something about the word of God. The word of God is. That was great. That's so cool. The way of the wicked is like darkness, Proverbs 4. They do not know what makes them stumble. Does that sound like 23 at all? My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. So if you're new to the Bible, it's not talking about your physical heart, but your soul. So out of your soul, your being, your personality, put away from you a deceitful mouth. And put perverse lips from you. Now here's a great exhortation for all of us. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not 
Turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. What a great exhortation for 23. Don't get caught up. Don't study the evil. Well, if I just go and figure everything out, then I'll be... It's pointless. It's hopeless. You're not going to figure it all out. You're just going to go down another bunny trail. You're going to end up frustrated, and you're going to be up up, uh, telling everybody what you've just found out that makes no sense, and they're kind of looking at you like, "Uh, have you studied your word this week at all? Um, I don't really care what you're saying. I mean, some of the stuff is just like pointless. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I firmly believe that the Antichrist is alive. I'm not looking for him. Bible tells me I'm not going to know who it is. After the rapture, he's going to be revealed. But I firmly believe he is alive, and that's why we find ourselves going through what we're going through. Common sense is out the window. Science is out the window. It's you're going to do what we're telling you you're going to do, or else. And that's global. Hebrews 10. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way which he consecrated for us, not works through religion, just through the cross, through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The word of God is in reference to water. As you wash your mind, Via the word, it's a representation of water cleansing you. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Wow, I think we sang a song, didn't we? Something like that. But great is your faithfulness. Is he not going to be faithful in 23? He's going to be faithful in 23. Yeah, what happens if I lose it all? He's going to be faithful in 23. He's going to show what he's going to do through you losing it all, and he's going to take care of you. Our God's a good God. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day. And in your Bible, it may be capitalized. I personally believe that's the rapture as we see the day approaching. As we're getting closer to the Lord's return, what's going to happen? It's going to get darker and darker, which means we have the opportunity to shine brighter and brighter. It doesn't matter how dark it is. If you light a match in a cave that is totally sealed, it's going to illuminate immensely. It doesn't matter how dark it is. So it's our opportunity to shine, even in the midst of darkness. Isaiah 41.10, fear not for I am with you. Isn't that a great encouragement? Don't be afraid of 23. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Don't be surprised as this nonsense continues to tick and tick and tick, faster and faster and faster. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you. Isn't that a wonderful promise? I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him. We'll get to this book shortly. We'll get to this chapter maybe in a year. But they overcame him, the demonic forces, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Guys, that's an exhortation for us in 23. 
And I know it's not happening in America, and maybe it won't happen in America. But guys, this is happening around the world to other believers in Christ. So this is applicable to our lives to pray for those who are being martyred for Christ because it literally is happening and they're not loving their own lives. They're willing to take it. They're willing to die to be with Jesus. Revelation, uh, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, if you're new to the Bible, uh, you want to be careful with the scriptures because if you read that, you might think, well, that means I need to work for my salvation. No, again, you just need to look up a few words. Your salvation's off the table. You can never, ever, just got to make this perfectly clear, you can never, ever work for your salvation, ever. It's impossible. You're saved by grace through faith. That's it. So once you have that in your head, then you get that off the table and then it doesn't enter into your mind and you go, well, what's being talked about there then? Well, when you look up workout, when you look up those words, it means to fashion, to render fit, to fashion, to render fit. And if you deal with other scriptures, it's like the, the clay that's on the potter's wheel and it's spinning and you allow God to shape you and mold you into the image that he wants you to be for your work that he has for your life. Well, if I could only sing, no, that's not the point. If you could sing, God would have gave you that voice. So stop using that excuse and allow God to fashion you into what he wants you to do. What does God want to use you? Where does God want to use you? That's all saying, because as you read the next verse, it ties in perfectly. For it is God who works in you. So I have to do my part, but it's God who's doing the part via me just doing what? Surrendering. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing. Being confident, notice that, are you confident? Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What did we read earlier? That Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. You know, if you come from a religion and you get saved, you have to debug that program because in religion, you're taught you have to work. You have to work. You have to knock on doors. You have to give money. You have to do prayers. You have to do this. You have to do that. Maybe God will love you. So you've got to debug that program. No, God's going to take care of me. Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. That's for you and me, guys. The Lord is good. Maybe 22 wasn't so good to you. You got to remember that God is good. And maybe you just don't understand yet why you went through what you went through. God will show you. And if he never does, it doesn't matter. God is still good. If it takes till eternity to realize, oh, that's why you allowed that to happen. You're so wise. He's not going to hit his gun and go, oh, wow, I didn't know I was wise. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, 43 through 45. God is so good. As we go through 23, whatever may happen, the Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. Matthew 5, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
Now, Jesus is saying this, obviously, because the religious elite were obviously teaching this if he's addressing this. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Why? That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Well, what if somebody comes against us? You know, what are we to do? What are we to do? Just keep looking up. Why? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, 13 through 16. Well, what are we to do? Are we to be doormats? No. No, you will not find that in the scriptures. Christians are not to be doormats. You're not to lay down, let everybody walk all over you. No, 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 no. But you do need humble, be humble enough at certain times to just say, you know what, I'm going to pray for you and walk away. Hebrews eleven thirteen, these all died in faith. What is Paul talking about? This, these, this chapter is, is sometimes called the hall of faith. The believers that have gone, that have died in the past. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. So again, another question. Are you persuaded that Jesus is coming back? If you are persuaded that Jesus is coming back, you're not going to be depressed or anxious or fearful about what's coming upon America. You're just going to go, okay, it's part of God's plan because Jesus is coming back. I know that. Nobody has to persuade me. You don't have to come up and try to convince me as your pastor. I know he's coming back. He's coming back right on time. Came the first time, he's coming back right on time. And embraced them. Embraced what? The promises. We got to embrace what we're going through. And confess that they were what? Strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Just passing through. For they that say such things declare declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly if they had been mindful of that country from where they came out, if Abraham would have looked back, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared, them, he has prepared for them a city. That's heaven, guys, the new Jerusalem. Revelation 3.10, Jesus says, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I believe this is in reference to the great tribulation. Seven years. We're going to be kept from that. That's why we believe in the rapture here. And and you don't have to believe in it. We'll explain it to you on the way up. But it is going to happen. There's so many scriptures that show us that. Jude chapter 1. Back to Jude chapter 1. We just finished up Revelation. And over in the first three and a half years of the great tribulation, half the world's annihilated. God's wrath, not man's wrath. Not five million people during World War II. Not uh, 30 million or 30 to 60 million from Russia. They don't even know how many. That's man's wrath. God's wrath, half the world's population is going to die in the first three and a half years of the great tribulation. Half. That's probably going to be about three and a half billion people are going to die in the first three and a half years. That's called God's wrath. Hebrews 
or I'm sorry, Jude. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. But others save with fear. You know, I'll mention hell on a regular basis. Most churches will not talk about hell. They're afraid to talk about hell. They would rather love somebody to hell than to tell the unbeliever there is such a thing as hell. And when you study the Gospels, Jesus spoke about hell a lot. He actually spoke about hell more than heaven. Why? Because he created it for fallen angels, not for mankind. For fallen angels. And God sends no one to hell. You choose to go there yourself by not accepting Jesus as your Savior. So don't blame God. So sometimes we need to say, we need to talk about hell to some people to help them realize that is your final destination if you do not believe Jesus as your Savior. Why? Pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him, now here's the exhortation for you and me this morning for 23. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you'd like to pronounce it. Habakkuk, Habakkuk. Though the fig tree may not blossom nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. There's farmers that are saying 23 is going to potentially be devastation. Now, Claudia does the shopping, and every time she comes home, it's gone up again. It's gone up again. I know it's gone up. She said, I, we were driving last night to a, a, to a party, and she said, I spent $56. I just went to pick up a few things. And she pulled out her list. She starts listening to things. I'm going, welcome to America. It's called hyperinflation. Hyperinflation. When something doubles in price, that's just not, well, you know, minor inflation. When it, no, when it doubles in price, that's hyperinflation. But nobody wants to really sit talk about that because that'll cause fear and panic. Romans 8, Romans 8. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. Paul writing about Christians in the first century. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, the health and wealth nonsense would not have made it in the first century. For I am persuaded. Wow, he's persuaded again. Are you persuaded? I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. So even family members cannot divide us from the love of God. So be careful that you don't accept division in your life. If you have to choose between family and God, always choose God. Always choose God. 2 Timothy 2.3. 
You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlists him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must first be, must first, must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. 2 Timothy 4, go to chapter 4. 2 Timothy 4, 6. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. In other words, if you're new to the faith, Paul knows he's about ready to die. Paul knows. I'm not getting out this time. He got out of jail before. I'm not getting out this time. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. He's looking back at his life. And again, as we look back at 23, come January 1st, 24, you don't want to say, oh man, I wish I would have ran the race better. I didn't even bother reading my Bible again. I didn't bother meditating. I didn't bother memorizing. Don't do that to yourself. I'm not saying make one of those New Year's resolutions that's based upon your flesh, because it will fail. But if you ask the Holy Spirit every day, God, give me strength to read my Bible. God, give me strength to meditate. God, give me strength to memorize. Do you think God's not going to answer that prayer? God will answer that prayer because now you're relying upon the Holy Spirit, not yourself. It's all about relying upon the Holy Spirit. I have kept the faith so important. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, the day of his death, and not to me only, but also to all the, all who loved his appearing. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Ooh, wow, we got to really fly fast. You know what? Just write down 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Write down 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 25 through 27, because the music team's going to be coming up here in a few minutes. And uh, I'm going to say, what, what are we to do? Just keep looking up. Why? 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. There it is again. We're just going through this life, guys. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Let your conduct, let your conduct honorably, having, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, so the unbelievers, that when they speak evil, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So here's a good work. I want to make it perfectly clear because I speak out against this and I don't want anybody having any idea that this church hates anybody. We do not hate. Because unfortunately, there's a church uh, back east right now that cannot find rental space. No one wants to rent them space because the pastor, the pastor, totally misrepresenting the word of God, says God hates gays and wants them all destroyed. Well, no wonder nobody wants to rent to the clown. For God so loves the world, John three sixteen. For God so loves the world. So as we do good works, make sure we do it in love. Do it in love. So important. Uh, Hebrews four twelve. Write down Hebrews four twelve. Zechariah four six. So write down Hebrews four twelve. And then Zechariah four six. So he answered and said to me, "This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel." who was working on the temple after it was totally destroyed back in uh, the 500s and 400s BC. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So as we go into 23, don't get all hung up on voting. Vote. 
and then let it go. Just just let it go. Focus more on those people around you that are going to hell. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. And then lastly, let's look at Revelation 21 as we get ready to wrap it up and the music team comes up. Guys, this gets me so excited. Revelation 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Guys, everything that we see right now and everything about the curse is one day going to be totally gone. Totally gone. And there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. Now this is literally the third heaven or heaven itself. Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men or mankind. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his God. God himself will be with them and be their God. This is going to take place for you and me, guys. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Guys, that's for you and me. We've already received Jesus as our Savior, but as ambassadors for Christ, we're to go forth with the free gift of life, eternal life. The best thing that we could do in 2023 is to keep our focus on God's word. Our spiritual enemy is deceiving the folks of this world. Uh, You may have heard about this, but uh, it came out this past week uh, that a gal and her husband, they're both Christian uh, musicians, very popular back in the 80s and 90s and have made many, many songs, wonderful songs, are going to host at their private property a gay wedding. And she proclaims, We have to show that God loves everyone. And it might come to you, because I've had family members, I've had people in the church tell me, well, what about this with my family member? Guys, what is a wedding? Husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. How could I go to a wedding where two guys are getting married or two women are getting married and at the end of it stand up and clap? How could I bring them a gift and say, oh, you know what, you're just so cute, here's a gift. How could I do any of that and represent Christ in the right way? Yeah, but they're family. They won't like me anymore. Who's more important? God or your family? Maybe your family needs to see that statement so that they'll wake up to the realization, this is wrong. I need to repent and get right with God. Because if we don't stand up, is the world going to take a stand against it? Uh, No, they're not. So guys, don't elevate anybody above God in 23. Anybody. But rather be ready to take a stand and it may cost you dearly. But it also may plant a seed where they receive Jesus as their Savior. Father, we thank you and praise you for these days we're living in. They're bizarre. They're weird. They're goofy. Whatever word we could use, it's grieving, it's sad. But we're looking up. And we're going to keep looking up. 
Lord, it's going to be so wonderful to get our brand new bodies. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more grieving, no more 110 degree days. Oh, it's going to be sweet. So God, we just thank you for that living hope we have. But Lord, we want to take somebody with us in 23. We don't want to hide. We don't want to be ashamed, embarrassed, afraid. We want to speak the truth in love. We want to have compassion. We want to have mercy. We want to have grace. We want to have love, love enough to tell someone the truth. So Lord, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit this first day of the new year. Fill us afresh and give us wisdom and discernment on this coming year. We want to be used of you. We want to plant, we want to water, we want to fertilize. And Lord, if it's your will, we want to pray with someone to receive Jesus. So use us this year, Lord, for your glory. As we've studied all these verses, we have to do our part. We have to be responsible. We have to be diligent. But you'll always do your part. You'll give us more of the Holy Spirit to do our part. It's a win-win situation. So Father, we thank you and praise you for that. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.